0: what chronic stress can do to the body, but like there's been tons of research on chronic stress and what it, it does. It changes to the body. your DNA. Yeah, which you, blew my mind. You I have was like, you have these little, your
1: telomeres, right? Yeah, you have these little end pieces on your DNA strands that are called telomeres. And cool thing, you actually have the ability to lengthen those telomeres by oh. lifestyle and nutrition and all sorts of things. So, so you're telling me like, that this is <clears throat> reversible? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello everyone
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio We are so glad you're here today. And I just want to give a special thank you for everybody who's listening today. I know this is like a crazy time of year, really busy for everyone. So kudos to you for taking a little time to yourself and listening Mm -hmm. to something um that hopefully helps kind of bring you back to center and makes you feel some community it's always our hope with podcast um and then also just for taking the time to listen we know how busy you are we know what is going on this time of year we have it going on for us too and we love you guys and we appreciate your support and i want to ask if you love the podcast please go leave us a review in itunes we need a little resurgence of people giving us their thoughts On iTunes with five stars attached to it please (laughs) if you so feel that way Um, and so if you haven't yet go leave us a review in iTunes you can grab the link in our show notes um, directly from SoundCloud or
0: directly from the podcast app on uh, on your iPhone it's easy peasy so I have been having the most wonderful time in the last like 10-ish days (laughs) because I feel like Black Friday hit so soon for everyone and I, and I know that has a lot to do with how late like Thanksgiving was this year and like it shortened kind of like the shopping season for a lot of businesses so a lot of businesses launched their Black Friday stuff so early but it kind of caught me unawares so like, early I, <laughs> was, I was like <laughs> really wait early. what what uh. and I felt like I was in this waiting spot of like 'Cause I didn't have a game plan. I didn't know what I you know, where I wanted to invest my money. Because for me, purchasing is a lot of like do you know, there's small businesses I wanna invest in, you know, what are their business practice? Like that really does matter to me. And so I'm not just gonna go spend at a big box store because they've got the best deal. I mean, not saying that I won't participate in that. It's just not where my brain goes first. I just I'm like, who's having a good sale of somebody I've always wanted to purchase from, but I just haven't yet? Or You know, because it's a great time to like invest in somebody that you think really um, is doing a great job with their products or their business practices, that sort of thing. So it's been really exciting for me because for the first time, I think ever, I had the funds to really like go for it on Black Friday. Mm. And that was amazing. That's really fun. It is. And it's funny because I didn't think it was a big deal. It was just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And then in retrospect, I was like, that felt good. (laughs) So, what did you get? Oh, I got a myriad of things. So, if you guys don't know, you might have heard me talk about it on my Instagram, but there is this small boutique, online boutique shop that's based in Utah called Dressed in Lala, and I'm obsessed. I am. It's official. Like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> and I love her business practices and the way she does things, but it's a um, a woman who owns it. She has seven employees, so it's obviously pretty small. She runs out of a warehouse. It's like, but she has killer customer service. I mean, free shipping on everything, which is bonkers. It ships so fast. I don't know how she does it. Even in the craziness of Black Friday, I bought something on, I want to say it was Cyber Monday. It is now Thursday. I got it in the mail today. Like, that's amazing. She's not Amazon, guys. Like, she is a small business. Like, I'm just, like, so impressed. And her branding is fun. And I just, I love her ability to, like, choose and curate products. And I just... I just unboxed a a yummy sweater in front of Cassie and I'm kind of dying over it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like her quality is so good. And and you know, I know it's not, she's not living in the like sustainable clothing fashion space, but however, she does live in the like quality space. Like I'm not like, this is stuff that's not going to be fast fashion for me. It's like stuff I'm going to have for years and years to come because it's such good quality. Anyway. So I'm just, I'm basking in the like, that felt amazing. (laughs) Like, so I bought, I bought some stuff from Justin Lala. Um, let's see, what else did I buy? I bought some candles from Steady and Flight. I absolutely love the smells of her chai candle. It's constantly going when I'm sitting at the computer. There's something just so like, oh, just yes, about it. Um, those are probably my favorite ones. I think I also was just able to participate more in um, looking for things. I think I did some Etsy shops. I did some small Etsy shops. I actually bought bought something that i can't talk about until after christmas because my husband listens to the podcast but it was a really cool etsy purchase (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know like i think it's just really fun to be able to have the funds to be able to invest the way you want to participate in the deals like i've just always had to like step so far back from the hype of black friday because i was like head down like this is not something i can participate in right now like i'm Mm -hmm. really focusing on christmas and i just can't invest the money in that right now and I don't know like I think it's it's affected my mood it's affected my positivity it's affected a lot of really good things for me so I don't know just, I'm just like uh,
1: the you know I mean like as an Enneagram 8 like the thought process of like not being able to like have any say or participate in something like lack of money do. for me is lack of choice and mm-hmm. I hate lack of choice mm-hmm. like I am happy with making whatever choice I want to um but if something holds me back from that like that is an absolutely like paralyzing thing for me yeah. um so being limit, this is like why I want to be a boss and really have like a really Im- significant income it's you know having the, cho- the choices and being able to make those and participate mm-hmm. in whatever you want whenever you would like to so mm-hmm. anyways side oh, note time. black friday was pretty interesting for me like black friday cyber monday all those sales um i was so deeply focused on beauty counter <laughs> during that time uh i had a, a billion in-person events during that yeah, like 10 day period you, you yeah went, so went all out. i think i i think i did eight events in 10 days so Ooh. that was a lot for me. That was a lot for my family. But um, it was well worth it. I met some really incredible people and I got to share the fact that we have no regulation in the personal care industry with people who had no idea about that. Mm, and There's so much
0: going on with that right now, too
1: a ton going on so if you guys haven't had a chance to see um our ceo greg renfrew was chosen as an expert witness to testify in front of a congressional hearing on cosmetics reform which is absolutely huge in just like the beauty space period not just the clean beauty space like she was literally chosen out of anyone in the personal care industry period to testify so Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think those of us who are in the space of non-toxic, whether you buy beauty counter or you're a consultant or whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're choosing non-toxic, even if you're making your own products, like the realization is that we need a lot more regulation in this industry. We have essentially none because there's no governing body. The FDA cannot recall a product. They cannot. um, They like the thing that always floors me is the example of like baby products Mm -hmm. if there is something that has proven to be harmful i.e., even a carcinogen in a baby product the fda does not have the authority to pull that product from a shelf to recall it to ask the company to formulate differently like that's insane that's absolutely
0: bonkers i I was explaining this to uh, somebody who can't make that choice for themselves a baby yes like the uh, like uh, uh, as an eight
1: it's just there's so much it makes me so fired up <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i was actually having this discussion with josh last night and he's like whoa i didn't realize no one had any governing authority well that is right the there, governing
0: body what and they can't the fda is the governing body over but they don't have stuff. any authority exactly. there's literally
1: so like there's law that exists it's only it's less than two pages by the way and it was written in 1938 like this is it's been 80 freaking years and so the law that exists is not enforceable
0: oh that's just uh, and that's so hard for me because i there was so much a. I guess dangerous assumption for me in that Mm -hmm. space as a professional Mm -hmm. that I I was like there you know there's some like regulatory body that has all these like rules and things and this poor person sitting in this back office is pushing all this paperwork that I don't have to do and I'm so grateful that that's happening without Mm -hmm. even looking into it because I'm like we are an advanced First world country, right? Like that is, you know, at the forefront of many, many, many things in this world. But we are literally in so the stone behind. ages when it comes to personal care product safety. It's bonkers. You know what was regulation. really interesting was watching that congressional hearing and seeing the congresswoman being blown away. Ooh, congresswoman she was like issue, okay.
1: I think, is how you say her name. Um, how do you she, say it? Esu, Esu. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I very well could be wrong, um, but I, she popped into that discussion and basically was like, "So what you're telling me is it's <laughs> going to take the FDA many, many years to create, implement, and regulate around this." basically this this reform that we're trying to create in the cosmetics and and personal care industry she's like that's unacceptable it's ridiculous it's already been 80 years we don't have any more time we're out of time
0: like, and you're and we're all of us beauty consultants are like per reach we uh, i'm sorry is- it's not and and
1: the crazy part about it is that we already like the FDA person who was trying to answer these questions that the oh. congress people had. Oh, I felt so bad for them. We know the answers as consultants in beauty counter. Like she mm-hmm. didn't know the answers. And I was like, uh-huh. "Oh my god, like ah. no watching this thing." So anyways, um yeah, I mean watching that yesterday um got me super fired up and I am just it just it this this work really lights me up and I said this you know a couple of weeks ago on the podcast too I I am more committed I am more in I am more on fire for what we're doing every single day and sorry not sorry at all I'm not ever going to be quiet about it because (laughs) it's not ever going to be as much regulation as we need it to be it's always going to need improving at least in our lifetime um and you know my hope is is that Mm -hmm. yeah my hope is that you know 20 30 years down the line we see improvements massive you know shifts obviously hopefully those things happen much sooner but you know in in the future and you know my kids go you know oh you know this is really interesting now they're requiring companies to label every part of fragrance
0: and Mm -hmm. i get to be like i was part of that you know it's really i helped make that happen I can't help but think of this. Somebody, I think it was Lindsay Dahl, had said something about this a long time ago about comparing the movement for um, smoking regulation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um And how that is so it's similar to the kind of time trajectory that's going to be for regulation around fragrance or um, personal care products like carcinogens that are in our products. And how it takes a movement of people not being okay with status quo. And it still will take a very long time. I think it took seven years to get smoking out of airplanes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) From the point at which they realized it was a problem. Yes. Before Yeah. And everyone knew it was smoking was a problem. But it still took seven years. And it just goes to show how long things take and how mm-hmm. consistent and how it does take a movement of people just being like, this is the line of where I'm not OK with this. Right. And, you know, and it takes people going through that consistent hard work for many years. And so I, I'm so I am the same way. I'm so proud to be a part of this because truly I was looking for um, a regulatory body that was not a regulatory body but like a group of people that were trying to make this change had I I had no idea that a company was involved with this and it's just it's an absolute honor to be a part of it and And, I I mean frankly we would not be having this congressional hearing if it weren't for the work that beauty counter
1: has done consultants on the ground doing the the meetings with um You know, state representatives with their local governing bodies with Mm -hmm. putting up a fight with texting better beauty to five, two, eight, eight, six. By the way, you should do that right now Um, and going and having these meetings in D.C., and mm. it, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was a really extremely proud moment. I will link in the show notes to the congressional hearing. It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> you can scroll, scroll through and see some highlights. And maybe I'll note that in the, um, in the show notes, kind when of to, when to start listening sort of a thing. Um, and there's some really good, good pockets in there. And then Greg Renfrew also recapped it on Yahoo Finance today. So that's something else we can share. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I probably have said this 20 times on the podcast. Like I'm more in than ever. And I'm just always more in than I was the day before. Mm. So it's the advocacy (laughs) pieces, the advocacy pieces, why I do this. Um, it's why this, you know, small town nutrition consultant is talking about personal care product safety and talking about like mascara and lipstick, like Who am I to talk about those things? (laughs) I I have no idea what I'm doing, but what I do know is the status quo is not okay um, and it has to change. So, anyways, that's our soapbox moment for the day.
0: That's how we're feeling right now. (laughs) Right now.
1: (laughs) Okay, today we are going to dig into something. Really freaking interesting, and we're both so excited. Um, just the concept of neuroplasticity and negative self talk and recovering from negative self talk and how to kind of get yourself out of that cycle. And I am so excited that we're covering this because I think this is something that affects every human being out there. And we all have some version of this that kind of happens to us, and it's a natural totally natural kind of thought process that we have that's like intuitive to our ourselves as human beings period yeah. it's evolutionary it's, wise it's universal <laughs> yeah and so the concept is called negativity bias and again it's like a universal cognitive tendency that affects every freaking human being and no one it, is immune <laughs> yeah and it can manifest in like huge disappointment in comparisonitis or like the hangover that happens after you've compared yourself to someone else or something Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. else uh avoiding your appearance like clothing makeup skincare in general expand on that for sure um and then literally a weakened immune system like this is is so yeah literal
0: yeah like physiologically literal (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. so Jen why don't you share with us like a little bit about kind of where this came about for you
0: Yeah, I definitely I got pretty fired up about this topic and was like, Cassie, we have to do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty much just a place where our thoughts get poured out into words on the internet. So when I surprise myself by stepping on a soapbox and I'm like, Wow, where did that come from? I'm like, We must do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> when you step on a soapbox, I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. Well, when you step into my power, yay, I love having apes in my life. That's amazing. I'll um see but you this really stemmed from an Instagram story that I hopped on to a few weeks ago I you guys know I've gone into this journey of like kind of stepping into the conventional makeup world again literally just kind of like dipping into it like I haven't been like fully taking in a ton of that content or buying products from the conventional world it's just been like I'm kind of I was just checking in you know and I bought my first conventional eyeshadow palette uh, in years and was just like it got me curious and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to hop on YouTube and I'm going to see what small creators are doing because I am definitely still a small YouTube creator that's like under a thousand subscribers, you know, maybe a few hundred views. Those are really small, like practically non-existent numbers in YouTube because I mean, YouTube can be I mean, you can have tens of thousands of views and still be small on YouTube. But um, I really love to see how what really small like micro creators are doing on YouTube, um, because sometimes they do some of the funnest things, and they're so raw and real, and it's kind of like how YouTube used to be, you know. So, I looked into it and was like, I just looked up holiday makeup 2019. I wanted to see what was happening, and after watching a small handful of videos, I was so discouraged. By the negative self-talk that I was hearing during that time, like it like things like, oh, I'm ugly, or ew, my eyebrows are so gross right now, or I'm gonna contour my nose because it's so big and it takes over my face. Mm. Like over and over and over again. And I kind of forgot what that was like because I've stepped out of it for such a long time and Mm -hmm. it really hurt my heart. (laughs) It really hurt my soul. I was just like, whoa. Wait, what, what, you know, and really, truly, this also stems from something I've been like noticing for the whole time I've been a makeup artist, definitely since I've been an esthetician, because as an esthetician, I've been in a room with just me and another person and it's very private. Like it ends up being almost like a therapeutic experience for the patient that I was working with. And they just kind of spill their guts, you know, like all the things that they don't like about themselves and their face and this and that. And we end up having this beautiful conversation, but it's because it's such a safe space for a lot of them I, I heard a lot of people's negative self-talk. And when women sit down in my makeup chair, it is uncanny how the first words out of their mouths, I can almost count on it now, are what they don't like about how they look. And I'm not saying it's not OK to not, you like, you don't have to love something. You don't have to pretend to love something you don't like about yourself. That's not but what I'm saying. But it's the focus on that thing. It's how you speak about yourself right. that really matters, you know? It's like that whole concept. And that's, I think that's where the neuroplasticity comes in is you're I'm, – I'm, it's just like it's crazy to tell somebody that they can't be scared or afraid or mm-hmm. mad or this. Like I'm never going to tell somebody that they can't – that you should never think negative thoughts about yourself. That's not real. That's not human being behavior. You're going to have those feelings about yourself. But it's how you, how you manifest it with your words – really affects the neuroplasticity of your brain, like the physiological effects that happen when you focus on the negative and try to like make sense of your feelings, it really changes how our body how our brain physiologically functions. And like there's just so much to say about it. But it's like I I I my DMs blew up after that story. <laughs> and it was amazing how a lot of women were like you know I've been working on this a long time thank you for the reminder and some people were like I can't wait to share this with my kids like I, it just i realized this is something that needs to be talked about like but there's so much more to it than just stop talking bad about it yourself let's talk about let's talk about some of like the physical effects that happen like what's mm-hmm. going on with our body like i feel like you've got some great knowledge about this too so
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, the the interesting part is that, like, psychologically, we give significantly more weight to negative thoughts than we do to positive thoughts. And that's mm-hmm. that negativity bias that we were kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and... These kind of negative attitudes, negative words that we speak to ourselves uh, really amplify like our feelings of, of loneliness and helplessness and hopelessness. And mm-hmm. guess what? That creates chronic stress. And we've talked about chronic stress on the podcast 80 million times.
0: <laughs> it's <most> really important. <laughs> A lot of times. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely important it, though. Well, and it's... I... <laughs> It's going to keep coming. That's why I keep telling people is like. If you don't change the way you're
1: talking to yourself.
0: Exactly. You can minimize it, but you have to be cognizant of what's happening. Well, and you can be, you can control how it manifests,
1: right? How Mm -hmm. and how you kind of approach it. And and kind of turn things around, and Mm -hmm. you—that's kind of the beauty of it. Like you have, if neuroplasticity is a thing, you have the ability to change those Mm pathways, like pathways, and create new pathways. And so, you know, chronic stress is one of those things that our body is actually not made to deal with. We are Mm -hmm. made to deal with acute stress, Mm -hmm. and so the body treats chronic stress and acute stress the same which means, you know, this constant negative self-talk is another way that we stress out our body and create things like hormonal imbalance or completely depleted neurochemicals, you know, and neurotransmitters that are required for us to be happy. (laughs) So, you know, we're already in a place where we're recognizing the things about ourselves and our lives that we're not really happy about. We're feeling negative about those things. And that, negativity is the start of a massive like cycle and cascade yeah, like a
0: cascade that just oh.
1: and we tend to learn more from negative outcomes and experiences and I think the flip side of that is being able to take a negative outcome or experience and flip it into what are the positive things that came out of that and that's not a conversation around everything happens for a reason Oh, I hate I've, that phrase. I, I, I think so there are plenty of things that happen for no damn good reason. Mm-hmm. Like, go ahead and try to tell someone that a loss of a pregnancy happened for a reason. Screw that. That is mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about that ad nauseum in our episode with um, Liz Winters on on postpartum uh, and infant loss. And, I you know, so I will say... W- coming at it from the perspective of, you know, obviously not everything happens for a reason, but man, we can find joy, growth, uh, silver fricking lining in, yeah. in a negative outcome or experience. They teach us things. They're like these, you know, mm-hmm. additive, like mini failures that create success in our lives if we allow them to. Teaching and moments. so, yeah, we tend to kind of make decisions based on, Negative information more than positive information. And that I mean this negativity is a, bias is huge and the physical effects
0: that come from it are intense. Yeah, they are. I mean some of the I, I actually did a, a little bit of research because I understand the what chronic stress can do to the body, but there's mm-hmm. so much like specific like there's been tons of research on chronic stress and what it, it does changes to the your DNA yeah which you, blew my mind you I have was like, you have these little your telomeres right yeah
1: you have these little end pieces on your dna strands that are called telomeres and cool thing you actually have the ability to lengthen those telomeres by oh. lifestyle and nutrition and all sorts of things so and you're this telling is like, me that this is
0: <clears throat> reversible
1: yeah Ooh. Yeah, that's um, exciting. <laughs> but it, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, um, and time. Um, but what happens when we shorten our telomeres, that inflammation, that stress, that shortening of those telomeres in our DNA strands actually causes us to age quickly. Oh, so geez. anytime we want to slow down aging, we have to kind of look at chronic stress and mm-hmm. and how that affects our lifespan. And, you know, poorly managed negativity, which is like basically repressed anger, mm. is massively related to high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, digestive disorders, infection, oh. immune system problems, like all of is those, those things. This is just sounding like Americans. <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> under chronic stress all the time. Like yeah. you, that's it's so matter of fact. Um, and I think the the thing to kind of, circle into here and focus on is not, you know, crap, all these negative thoughts I'm having are creative negative outcomes, and I'm gonna have a negative thought about that. And, you know, like, let's get out of that cycle as best we can, you know, why do bad things grab our attention? Why do we kind of lean into that? And, you know, what's our tendency there? And how do we recognize it and kind of move through it and move past it? Mm -hmm. And this is something that, you know, I think we all kind of dive into on a consistent basis, but neuroplasticity is this really interesting concept where essentially you have like a hundred billion neurons in your brain averaging about 5,000 connections each, which are called synapses. And it's like having 500 trillion microprocessors (laughs) wired together in this massive network. Wow, that sounds intense it's intense and so when you have a neuron that fires it excites or inhibits like and it's receiving neurons and basically the sum of all of those kind of signals that a neuron receives determine whether it will fire and it's either like a dominant message or a non-dominant message so but it's if it's the dominant message it's essentially like all of these messages saying like Go or stop, one or the other,
0: Mm.
1: and your neurons are always firing. That whole system is constantly going, and when you have, right? mm -hmm, And when you have all of this firing together, it's to keep your body alive. It's to be ready for kind of urgent needs. It's that kind of fight or flight that we always talk about. Um, But your mind, like any information, is not physical. Like you can't touch it. I think this is where the disconnect
0: is for people because they're like you know, how does, how could my thoughts really affect my body? It's like,
1: it absolutely does. And i Mm -hmm. very anecdotal. Like, let me just say that right now, but (laughs) you know, the, I've been talking about the vestibular migraines that I was dealing with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I started talking about that when I didn't know what was going on. And then I kind of figured out what was going on. And I'll tell you, I had several people reach out to me and you could tell they just wanted to pull me down into their I am defined by my disease place Mm. and asking me like, oh, do you have Meniere's? I have Meniere's or, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, do you are you dealing with, you know, vestibular migraines? Mine were horrible. And this is how it owned my life. Um, mm. And if you reached out to me with that capacity, like, don't feel badly. We're, we're good. <laughs> but <laughs> I will, I will say like my reaction to that was like, oh, hell no. Like
0: yeah, this is like not, not where you take an Enneagram No, No. And, <laughs> and I was
1: like, this will not, not these people, but this, this health issue that I'm having will not keep me down. And in fact, I am saying out loud right now, this is temporary. I'm done with this. It's leaving my body and I'm over it. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have energy. I'm going to feel great. I'm going to lose my fatigue. And this is the kick in the pants I need to actually commit more to my health than previously. And guess what? That's exactly what happened.
0: And this also brings into the fact that you are not, you are going to do it for other people. So you can say, this is how I did it. You know, this is what I was experiencing like that's something you are incredible at empowering other people to empower them, empower themselves, like <laughs> allowing yeah. them to, you know, and I I, I feel that like having Meniere's, like I was diagnosed at a really young age, you guys, and I didn't know anybody else. I was told it was an old person's disease. And so for years, I had this conversation of myself that my body hates me. Oh. Like I said that to myself for years. Say it and you will believe
1: it yeah absolutely absolutely and you know I I just I also want to add like I understand that Mm -hmm. there are diseases and conditions and and issues out there that literally have debilitating symptoms like I Mm -hmm. there's no lack of sensitivity over here to those things it's the little things, the way we set ourselves up, like when we have a limitation, when we have uh, some sort of handicaps, we all have those. We all have mm-hmm. those. How do we approach the conversation around it? You know, we can have still have positivity, you know, and I it's so hard because in our culture, we're so attached to our disease states. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and often, you know, what I found in nutrition counseling was when people finally got diagnosed with celiac disease or uh, Meniere's disease or SIBO or whatever it was, it it automatically turned into, oh, I identify with this and I am my disease. And I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You are not your disease. Like Mm -mm. this is something that can be temporary that can Mm -hmm. leave you. And obviously- celiac no but being symptomatic as a celiac can yes can be mm-hmm. fixed so mm-hmm. you know there's there's so much of that in per, it's all perspective and how mm. you talk to yourself about it and mm-hmm. i think we feel I don't know about you guys, but I feel extremely silly when I do like mantra shit in the mirror. I'm like sitting there in my superwoman pose and being like, I am awesome. I own this day. Like the stupidest I totally shit. I
0: walking up my stairs this morning, by the it's way. It's so great. Mirror, but.
1: Man, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I am awesome. Mm. And yeah. man, you got to say it until you believe it. Yep. You have to say it until you believe it. And I can't even tell you how many times in the last two weeks I've said these vestibular migraines are temporary. I am done with them. They will not own me. They will motivate me to take care of myself better. And I will take care of myself better. And I'm done. And that was literally my mantra every single morning for two weeks. And guess how long it's been since I had a vestibular migraine? Two weeks. Two freaking weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And by the time yeah. you listen to this podcast, it's going to be three weeks. Just you know, saying.
0: And I relate to this as a mother, feeding, um, really like mentally feeding my children. Oh. I have two children that have really intense physical challenges that are very literal for them. Guess what? They are so intrinsically tied to their feelings. It's nuts, you guys. This is where a lot of this came to play for me. It was I realized how closely tied my son's um, um, EE symptoms were. They were so closely related to his emotions that I was like, wait, like, OK, <laughs> OK. And it's also as they're growing. I mean, he's almost 10. I mean, he's at this age now where I am doing everything I can to be like he, he, twice now, hopefully only a few times in his life. He's cried to me over his frustration of how he's feeling and he was like I wish this never existed like I mean this usually stemmed around doing a clean out he hates doing those but it's really Mm. helpful for his body but he's just like why do I have to go through this and I was like buddy everybody's got something right you know I really had to breathe into him that everybody's got something it's what you do with it it's where how you talk about it and it has been such an incredible thing to watch a little human being grow up in that environment of like being very cognizant of how they talk to themselves and because he very quickly goes to Mm self-shame it's it's so hard for me as a mom like guys I can't even and I think a lot of teenagers go there Um, I think it's really easy as a human being to like swing towards that negativity and that negative self-talk. And as you get, as life gets harder and you go through puberty and you get like, life gets complex and you have these learning moments. I think this also comes down to self-trust. If you've broken your self-trust, guess what? That's normal. We've all done it. We've all been disappointed in ourselves and choices we've made and things that we've done. But if you understand how important it is to talk to yourself in a certain way, you know, of like, okay, I messed up. I had a learning moment. I'm not going to do that again. That's what I say. That's my kids all the time when they do something dumb. I'm like, guess you're not going to do that again. And they're like, nope. <laughs> <sighs> like, but I try really hard not to be like, oh, that was a stupid thing to do or like put a name to it because it just starts this self cycle with them. And um, I've just, I've watched it, that neurons that fire together, wire together uh-huh. scenario hit real for them because it creates this pattern of brain activity and I have seen I can see it in them and I'm starting to see it in myself Mm -hmm. so that's been an interesting journey motherhood really is like the best learning grounds I think I've ever been on and it's so scary (laughs) I've learned so much about myself but it's really helped me see my own patterns it's helped me see it's like I there's this other phrase that I've heard before that I love that you can use your brain to change your brain to change your mind Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I love this. Because they're all connected. And it can create this looping system that's like, okay, well, where are you going to step in? You know, where are you going to step in to break that loop? You know? Mm-hmm. I... And it has to be an active step.
1: You have to yes. make the choice. Yes. And there's a reason why we always hear, like, neurons that fire together, wire together.
0: hmm
1: You can use your mind to change your brain to change your mind. Just mm-hmm. like you said. Like, I... Love that. And so a lot of manipulating this is actually like kind of some biohacking, like mm-hmm. pairing to positive um, or pairing a negative thought with a positive action that changes the thought. And mm-hmm. a lot of it around, you know, there's some, there's some element of like Marie Forleo talks about like distracting yourself when you're in a negative thought. Mm-hmm. So oh, moving to a task that, you know, brings positivity and, um, I am listening to um, everything is outable on audio um, and Marie Forleo's book and that's like I mean it's massively her mantra she's like you can figure out anything like this is this is and this is how she's built like a multi-million dollar business and she is a genius when it comes to this stuff um, and her, the conversation that she has around negative self-talk is like it's this neuroplasticity issue well we've got to like stop it and reverse we've got to go the other direction so let's talk about how to work through this like negative thought loop how because yeah, we all know what? we have this y'all yeah. we cannot leave you without some legit <laughs> practical steps otherwise we That's wouldn't be Cassie and Jen. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome to Rebel Heart Radio if you're new. We're always going to give you homework. So, your homework for today is, no I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's you were telling me about this article that you read from the Holistic mm-hmm. Psychologist who's an incredible resource, you guys,
0: on Her how Instagram to is fire. How to break an emotional addiction um yeah that was a new concept for me because if you think about that feedback loop that loop that we cause ourselves it is a form of addiction but not something that we're super aware of no i Mm -hmm. mean we're it's like it it becomes this dependent chemical response that we don't really know is there and Mm -hmm. it's like i love that whole thought of like name it to tame it right you can figure it you can't figure it out if you can't see it and so it's just i just love what she had to say in her article it's like well we'll make sure it's in the show notes it's how to break an emotional addiction she says um, emotions begin with a thought and we all know that but if you think about it that way it's like our emotions are a direct reflect of what we're thinking mm-hmm. you know we have so many thoughts throughout the day they can become habitual based off of things we interact with and day after day it's like we're not really creating this separation of, from thought you know it's like we're assigning emotions and meaning to something assuming they're true without thinking about it yes
1: oh and my that kind of blew
0: my mind it's so true it's like this assumption that something's true just because it entered our brain is like total BS. And it's like, but we have to name it to tame it. We have to look at it. And And then so it really came, um, came down to like understanding that we have this, if we are having that feedback and we're having habitually um, habitual feelings and emotions, it actually strengthens those neural pathways that we subconsciously seek the same emotion. We don't know we're doing it because it's becoming this really deep ingrained like, Um, Grand Canyon you know Mm -hmm. and then we we come dependent on those things because we come to expect it and it becomes this 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 loop that just goes down 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 and I love that some of the things that she had to say is like there's some patterns that we can do to break that and um, hers were really specific and I loved some of them it was like the first one it was observe a set and an intention to observe your emotions so observation I've learned so much from her about this because You know, I've also heard other people talk about it on their social media of like, you know, take a 30,000 point view of like how you're feeling and name the feeling, name it. And have an
1: an objective view about it. Like don't bring judgment to that space. Be like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is the habitual
0: thought that I'm having. And you know, there's so much power of backing up and being like, I'm scared Mm -hmm. or back up. I'm angry why am I angry? That's interesting. You know, and having more of that kind of standpoint and, you know, and it really does sound simple, but it actually can be kind of difficult if we're not used to it. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes effort of like, I feel mildly out of control emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, put the brakes on, take a second, you know, and you, you may think that you don't have an emotional addiction because it just seems like that's who I am. Yeah. Quote unquote. But you know, but you might have to be as simple as things as like, brain dumping at the end of the night and mm-hmm. really like observing the emotions of the day it could be setting reminders on your phone to do a check-in this is why meditation has been so big for me as an enneagram too i don't do this Mm-mm. i don't check in with myself i'm so busy like accidentally empathically reading everybody else that's around me <laughs> that i just it's i say that with so much so much disdain i'm like oh uh, so i know better please stop doing oh that <laughs> yeah But it's such a knee-jerk reaction. I can't help it sometimes. But noticing those patterns can be really important, which is like this actually really speaks to my experience over um, Thanksgiving. You know, we had a lot of family in my house staying here. So I couldn't get away from people no matter where I went. And I love them. And so I don't ever want to like, it's hard for me to say it like that because I don't want to get away from them, but I need to sometimes. Yeah. I really, for my own mental health and because I'm the mom of children, I've become the decision maker mm-hmm. for everything that gets done because sometimes children's needs have to come first and I'm the mom. Right. And so I looked at my husband on Thursday night and Thanksgiving night and I was like, I'm going to take a time out tomorrow. I'm going to step back. And I'm gonna take a timeout, and and honestly, everybody in the house was like, "You go, get out of here. Go get your toes done." Like I was just like, "I'm gonna get out of here." Like I mean, I was such supportive people in my life, but it gave me that moment, that time to really evaluate. Like, gosh, I was irritated for like no reason. Like, what was that all about? And mm-hmm. like, you know, that that pause for reflection. But it it I didn't come at it from this place of observation of like good bad. Mm-hmm. It was really just a like wow, that was interesting, (laughs) you know? And then it allowed me, this is the next step that um, they talk about in the holistic psychologist is ask for input from someone you trust. I love that so much because this comes, this is why community can be such a big deal is, you know, and vulnerability is hard to do sometimes. Uh, Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to do, but if you have someone in your life who you trust and you're willing to open up to, um, it can be really insightful because sometimes they see things in you that you can't see yourself because that that backup view that we're talking about can be kind of challenging sometimes. Yep. So definitely ask for input from someone you trust. That's key. And, and if you uh, have
1: an eight that you trust, they
0: will tell you the damn truth. Oh, they will come. <laughs> yeah, they will they'll will come straight at you. They'll Sorry. be like, This is what's up. <laughs> um, I've done that a few times to Cassie over the years of like, All right, all right. What? Okay. What's really happening here? (laughs) Yeah, It's good. Um, And I,
1: for me, like this is, it's actually, it's really hard for me to have people. It's hard for me to trust people, period. And mm -hmm. it's hard for me to be vulnerable enough to open myself up to feedback in that mm-hmm. capacity too. Because it's just, I mean, for me, it feels like when I'm having a negative thought loop, like that's my fault, it's just another failure. Mm-hmm. But it's its really helpful for me to understand the hardwiring of the brain and the fact that we're biased toward negative information. And this is why yeah. we get stuck. This is why we get stuck. It's and why we get stuck get in our health. It's why we get stuck in our business. It's mm-hmm. why we get mm-hmm. stuck in our relationships. Like mm-hmm. this guys, is huge. It's hard work this is, is huge and it yeah it's hard work so um one thing i wanted to suggest that i happened upon recently was um, a book called "Hardwiring happiness um the new brain science of contentment calm and confidence It's by rick hansen definitely mm-hmm. recommend that book it was recommended to me by uh, me watching and listening to marie forleo's book um and watching marie tv which i highly recommend doing And so I would definitely check that out, but some, some really, really basics on kind of how to battle negativity bias, first of all. So these aren't necessarily action steps, but, um, how do you kind of remove yourself from that negativity loop and, you know, recognize it first, obviously is a first step. So something that you said earlier was name it to tame it, um, and just acknowledging what's going on right when it happens and saying, Oh, Hey, like this is negativity bias, And so that's the recognition. It's not, this is a bad thought. This is a negative thought. It's just like, oh, this is negativity bias. Um, Another thing that uh, Marie Forleo suggests in this case is like getting deliberately distracted is what she calls it. And it doesn't mean like unintentional. It means absolutely distract yourself intentionally. Make the choice to switch to a positive experience or something that will kind of shift your brain. Um, Make a gratitude list take a fun class at the gym, um, watch an old movie that makes you super happy, bake a batch of sugar cookies, like whatever it is. Do your nails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she talks about, so again, this is a Marie Forleo concept. This is not originated at Rebel Heart Radio. (laughs) I just want to say that. She talks about the 20 second rule where you should spend at least 20 seconds Internalizing any positive thought or event, um, and just savor the shit out of it. <laughs>
0: like, oh, when do we really, do really savor? I, we should it. do it all the time. But that and sounds lovely.
1: This is something where, and this is something I struggle with. Like when something really beautiful happens in my life or my business or whatever, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, cool, that's great. Okay, move on to the I next. Expected thing. that.
0: <laughs> move on to sometimes. the next thing
1: so yeah. she just talks about like emphasizing those positive experiences positive outcomes in your life for as long as you can and spending at least 20 seconds soaking in that positivity and then when your brain gives more weight to the negative you'll have at least some sort of balance to the positive positive. and, and I just thought that, that was a really interesting tactic
0: we know that that's gonna like physically physiologically change those neural connections like those deeper pathways like if you are intentionally setting that 22nd rule like honestly you could make it that that could be the thing that you put into your phone like instead of having like an observation moment that you put into your phone to for a reminder it could be a reminder to do the 20 second rule I love that so much because it's so specific and actionable and it's 20 seconds guys 20 seconds is a long time to focus on one thought if you think about it but it could mean so many great things for those deep highways that we're creating in our neuroplasticity like that Mm -hmm. just got me really excited that's cool so excited
1: so you know as you kind of have these negative thoughts like try and be proactive about them and people always say you know something to the effect of like don't say anything that you wouldn't say to your best friend or your partner Mm. or something Mm -hmm. like that that's always a good check of like oh is this a negativity like is this negativity creeping up um Mm -hmm write out the insult or the negative thought that you're having that you just said to yourself that makes it like super real uh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that's that observe step you know setting setting an intention to observe those um you know observe what you're saying and then also observe the emotions around it Mm -hmm. um and like you said really asking for input from someone that you trust um Mm -hmm. And you can get a lot of insight from vulnerability. Trust me, it's debilitating how much insight <laughs> I've gotten over the last year. Um, and it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, but finding people who you trust so you can really be, and not only that you can be vulnerable with them, but you are allowing them to be open and honest with you without getting combative or in conflict. Like that's absolutely essential.
0: And a beautiful thing it's that just deepens relationships and creates community yep. that is so important for brain health oh yep geez. and so you know
1: I just I brought a few people into the fold where I'm like hey when you see me spiraling in this way will you please call me out <laughs> um and a lot of that for me has to do with rest like Jen called me out today because I went hard during (laughs) you know Black Friday and Cyber Monday week and really worked on my business and it was amazing but one of the tendencies that I have is not being able to rest and obviously this is like a tendency in action Mm -hmm. but it's me getting back into the negative thought that rest is earned and that is a lie rest is not Mm -hmm. earned right Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. you you were like hey like I'm just gonna say this. Like, are you? I taking, to do it
0: so carefully. I was like, are oh. you
1: worried? Are you taking <laughs> care of yourself? And we kind of like, noticed
0: you worked really hard the last like two weeks. Where uh-huh. are you at? <laughs> where are you at? And where I'm at
1: is I needed to hear that. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at.
0: She had several times where she was like, "That's a lie,"
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I'm telling <laughs> myself. A lie that yeah. I'm telling myself. Yeah, absolutely. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally." Re-, and I was and then I recounted the day when I said out loud, like, Oh yeah, I rested on Tuesday. And then I was like, Oh no. Okay. I didn't, I did not, I did not rest. Whoops. Okay. I thought I did. And it was good because I had told myself that I rested. I had told myself and, and it was still that place where I was like, Oh no, I haven't earned that rest yet. Like this isn't Mm -hmm. over yet. And so Mm -hmm. it all, you know, it's a, it's an action, but that action comes from that negative thought bias that I have. And something I literally picked up and was hardwired into my brain my whole life, Mm -hmm. that rest is lazy, which is Mm -hmm. not true, by the way. And that's something I'm probably going to fight for many years, many, Mm -hmm. many years. So I feel you if that's a negative thought loop that you have.
0: You're doing so (laughs) Um, much work with that, though, and I think that it's important to acknowledge that. It's it's not even been a solid year since you made that hard realization like you've yeah. known for a little while that that's something you struggle with but you made a all stop hard realization less than a year ago and you've done so so much work that I, I, I think that it's also important to to see the timeline like. This is the first time I've seen Cassie like really step back into that, that like I'm doing all the things status because that's how business is. is if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to sprint sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to and you're going to and it's exciting. And if you're in that entrepreneurial spirit, you want to. But it's that what's, what's just after that is the, part, is the part that I wanted to have a conversation about of like you did the dang thing I've already bragged about you in front of other people that you've not even heard me say like I can't even tell you how many times because I was like you guys like I don't think you understand like (laughs) when when you have somebody in your life that's going hard and they achieve this you're just like yes from over here but also like that part that friend part of me knowing all these things about you is like so (laughs) what's 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 really going on in the background here yeah what's next (laughs) well and this is
1: I mean go it this just all comes back to the fact that you guys we're all human no Mm -hmm. one is crushing it no one is and you know that's something that i picked up in the spring from an incredible talk that we had at lead um, which is beauty counters leadership event Um, khaled halim who is our ceo's business coach basically spent his entire kind of keynote explaining like no one is crushing it not even the utmost ceos in the world are crushing it um they with, struggle too yeah with mm-hmm. whom he's coaching <laughs> and they struggle
0: with self-negative talk they struggle with familial relationships like yeah. there's just all these things they that struggle are with like, rest they
1: struggle with mm-hmm. you know all of the with feeling uh, valued or seen or heard or understood or all of those things so we all have this stuff in us and it, it again it really helps me to know that it's literally wired into my brain and it's not my fault. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm also not going to be a victim here. I will not Mm -mm, be a victim to my negative thoughts. I am going Mm -hmm. to empower myself to do something about it. Um, So one of the things that, of course, I mean, Jen and I are always going to, put this out there is um, committing to some sort of daily meditation practice, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's journaling, but get quiet, be with yourself, be with your thoughts. Um, Meditation is not about clearing your thoughts and just you
0: know it's no it's it's, checking in it's checking in and sometimes you have to quiet your brain before you can check in yes i have to do that because my brain's like yeah i do
1: not naturally check in i have to force myself to do it Mm -hmm. so it's one of those like non-negotiable things that i put into my morning and i cannot even explain to you the shift from negative to positive that happens in my brain within two i only meditate for two minutes in the morning that's it just two minutes Mm -hmm. you guys it's doable Um, and so that practice can be extremely helpful. And then another thing that can really help is just kind of noticing where those negative thoughts are coming from. And one of the places they often come from in comparison is social media. And I love social media. I think it's great. I definitely have moments where I'm like, crap, I'm not doing enough or I'm not thin enough or I'm not pretty enough Mm -hmm. or I'm not a good enough person to talk about whatever I want to talk about, you know, I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm. I, it's so easy to get into that space or think, you know, hello, highlight reel that everybody has their shit together. And we don't, um, Mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why I consistently show the behind the scenes in my world because I live a pretty simple life. But if you look at me on Instagram, you might think that I have my shenanigans together. Like Mm -hmm. I don't always (laughs) that's I just don't mm-hmm. um I'm a mess all the time and I'm just embracing the beauty of the mess and so of the
0: human experience yeah. I view the word mess I hear so much this was actually a big problem on the YouTube videos I was watching it's people being like oh this is a mess I'm a mess This, this. I actually as, think guys, of mess as positive is that in like no that's great like yeah I just my vocabulary around mess is, is like it's just a human experience mm. it's a human mentality it's just you, you know like you said nobody's crushing it and and for me I know this isn't really quite true for everyone how I like put words around something like if I called myself a mess my brain views that mess as negative so if I said this is a mess I'm a mess um it 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 brings me down that negative path of like I'm gonna screw this up Mm. or this is not enough or and so for me I just have to be like I'd have to be like I'm I'm showing up authentically instead of yeah being like, I'm a mess or or even like attaching it to like the object of life like mm-hmm.
1: life is messy not I'm messy oh, yeah. life mm-hmm. is messy so mm-hmm. how do how do we detach ourselves from that emotion mm-hmm. um and understand objectively like what that thought really looks like in our brain and what that kind of processes forming. Um, but I think one of the things that I'll, I'll just kind of leave everybody with on this topic is the thing that's been the most impactful for me. I love the meditation. I love the being observant of your emotions. I love having people in your life that will call you out on your negative thought. Wheels, um, and just to be super real, like Jen and I both called each other out on some negative thought <laughs> reels before we yeah. even got into this, which was beautiful. Oh, was, it was, was beautiful. a good exercise. <laughs> but the thing that has helped me so much is flip side formulating a positive intention that originates from the heart in a way that you want to speak with yourself, to yourself, and i e feel and think about yourself. So, like I said, I'm doing the dumb action, (laughs) pardon me, the positive action. (laughs) The thing that feels, the thing that feels silly is like looking in the mirror and talking to yourself. Or maybe you're not looking in the mirror. Maybe you're just talking to yourself. You're just saying things while you're making your coffee in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, but what you say is what you believe and what you believe is what you think and what you think is what will happen. Like this is Mm -hmm. how that cascade works. Mm -hmm. And if you want to believe that there is hope for you, that there is happiness, that there is joy, that there is gratitude, that there is light in like the darkest of places, you have to come from a place where you are assigning that action. You're assigning that emotion to positivity instead of negativity. And, Mm. it doesn't mean you're not being real you can totally be real and be like wow that is an incredibly terrible and debilitating thought and the fact that I'm having that is really hard but guess what Mm. it's a lie and here's the truth like Mm -hmm. and one Mm -hmm. of the actions that was massively impactful for me in my mastermind this last year was the sentence of the lie I'm telling myself is Ooh, I remember what the that lie I'm for telling you. myself, and what was my lie? My lie was rest is earned. Mm-hmm. That's some bullshit. <laughs> mm. So, so I I would recommend spending some time just kind of writing down some of these negative thoughts that come into your head around, you know, feeling valued, deserving, worthy, all of those things that we have as humans, and and trying to figure out like where did that thought come from? What taught me Mm. that thought? What part of my world makes that thought come back over and over again? Is it this part of social media? Is it this part of a relationship with a toxic human being? Is it, you know, what is it that brings that negativity back? And, Mm. you know, in the past, so (laughs) a tiny little example to wrap things up, but I, I was at the gym the other day and I was in class with someone who, was um struggling and kept saying to something to the effect of, Oh, I can't do that. Or I can't do that. Or I can't do that. Mm. And, and of several movements. And in the past, I probably would not have even noticed that. Like, I just would have been like, Oh, they're so strugg- prevalent in our, they're struggling, I mean, or whatever. in our community in our
0: world. And I don't like even our-
1: think this person was trying to be overly like negative or it w- you could tell it was just this habitual thing that they were saying and doing. Mm. And, this time cassie of 2019 was like oh my gosh stop being so negative <laughs> and i immediately goes out hard immediately i didn't say that i actually i didn't say anything um but it was a thought that i had and and we kind of we we dissected it a little bit at the end of class in a positive way but it was this moment where i was like no the 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 the, the the thing we need to ask is, you know what? That probably isn't a good idea for me to do today. Do you have a good modification for me?
0: for Until that I movement? can work towards it.
1: Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that is a sentence I have had to say multiple times in coming back to fitness in this difficult class that I'm doing now. <laughs> like <laughs> there have been many times where I'm like, so, oh. Uh, what's the modification for that (laughs) and you know i i generally know what a modification is for something but it's it's tailored to your trainer they're gonna tell you like what they want you to do in that case Mm -hmm. um because they know what the rest of the workout looks like and how to advise you on that and and i you just never will hear out of my head like or out of my mouth like i can't i can't do that because i
0: can't even picture you saying that I just don't say
1: that. I just don't say no. it. it can't very much. And if you hear me say it, please call me out. On it. No, I will be like, <laughs> something's wrong. But this, I mean, so even just the simplest thing of replacing the word can't with won't. Like that is one of the most impactful swaps you can make when you're just trying to be more aware. So, you know, find an accountability buddy that you talk to really often about life, about business, about relationships about marriage about whatever it is motherhood and commit to each other to calling the other one out when they say can't say I want you to replace that can't with won't because you're it's not about can't it's about prioritization like that's really what Mm -hmm. it's about and so when you replace it with won't you really realize where your priorities lie and sometimes that won't is a positive feedback where you're like oh no i don't like i'm not prioritizing that (laughs) not like i can't do that it's like oh no that's just not a priority um for me personally or at this time or whatever it is and sometimes the won't is like oh i'm choosing not to do that even though i know i can Mm -hmm. And it puts you in that place of checking you on it.
0: Yeah, it's that check-in again. Yeah, checking in is always a good thing. So
1: hopefully lots of tools for you guys to take away from this conversation. Um, And we'll be talking about this on the podcast a lot more.
0: Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.